Welcome to the WeGo Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads with unique careers and the roads they travel to get there. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001. You just heard intro music from Max Russo, the class of 2020. Today, we welcome back Luis Rubio, class of 2010, current medical student at Southern Illinois University, specializing in head and neck surgery. Luis is also president of SIU's Latino Medical Student Association. Recently, Luis hosted a panel with fellow med students to share their insights and experiences working towards a career in medicine. Video of this conversation will be posted in episode page and at d94.org slash places and available through D94's counseling department as well. Let's record. I'm going to start recording now and then I'm going to keep an eye out. And if you guys know anybody who's supposed to be here that is like waiting on me to let them in, let me know if you get like an email or something. But uh, hi, everybody. Um, so my name's Luis. I'm a medical student at SIU School of Medicine. Uh, I used to go to West Chicago Community High School or uh, how I lovingly call it, WeGo, if that name still flies. Um, and I have here a panel of medical students um, from my school that are part of this organization called Latino Medical Student Association. So I kind of wanted to take you guys through a little bit of info so you kind of know what we're about. So the SIU School of Medicine is was founded in 1970, so it's a relatively new med school. And uh, it's located in Springfield, Illinois. And I don't know, uh, back when I was in middle school at what's now, I forgot what's the name of the middle school now because it wasn't named when I was there. Yeah, so now now it's called Lehman. So when you were there, it was just straight up West Chicago Middle School. And now it's Lehman. I think that's named after a past uh, superintendent. Awesome. So Lehman Middle School, when uh, they used to have a eighth grade field, seventh or eighth grade field trip to Springfield, Illinois. And I didn't go to it, but I've been here now for a couple of years and we'll see if I end up here for residency. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's the capital of Illinois. The capital building's here. This is where all the like politicians from the state come to meet and uh, talk about like law stuff. And it was initially created for like addressing like a doctor shortage basically in the central and southern Illinois. So it's just a little bit of background about what school we're coming from. The other thing I just wanted to quickly talk about is just like the Latino Medical Student Association. So this is group is just a chapter in our specific medical school, meaning like there's chapters in all the medical schools, not all the medical schools, but a lot of medical schools in the country. And we are all put under this umbrella of LMSA and kind of has the national goals for service, some mentorship, education through like various programs and events. So things that we've done here at SIU uh, this year is like COVID-19 vaccination clinic. We just did that last week where I got to, uh, you know, help vaccinate folks specifically in the Latino community. Uh, food drives. We do a mentorship program with a college nearby, uh, University of Illinois in Springfield. Um, and that's with the Latino group on their campus. And we kind of talk to them about what, it, what, how, what to do to kind of get into medical school and any questions they may have. If it's like any medical profession, we try to help them out. And then uh, we have a program here that uh, we're trying to teach educational Spanish for like medical professionals so that, you know, folks who have some sort of Spanish background are able to kind of talk to patients because like in West Chicago, like, like a lot of people speak Spanish, but here in Springfield, it's not quite as common. Um, it's fairly uncommon, but now we're starting to see an increase, especially with like 
people from Guatemala are moving here to Springfield. So we're starting to see more and more Spanish speakers. So it's a service that like our particular group is providing. And then you can see kind of like some of the photos that we've taken in some of these spots um, and some of these events. And it's been a lot of fun being part of it. I can't imagine med school without having uh, this particular group in it. Um, but just something that you should know for the future that if you decide to go down this route, there's a group kind of like meant for students like you. And with that, there's also other diverse groups on campus. Right now I'm wearing my GLMA shirt, which is like the LBGTQ plus uh, like group here on campus. There's SNMA, which is like mostly African-American, but there's others as well in that group. And then the uh, women's like medical group also is here on campus. So it's like, if you're not necessarily always identifying as you're like, you know, cause everyone has different identities. Like, you know, like I'm Latino, male, cis, uh, heterosexual like those are all identities that I have so it's like if Latino is not the thing that you know you identify with as much and you identify more with one of these groups you can always either be part of these groups but also be part of LMSA or just be part of these like these groups there's like a bunch of groups basically in medical school that you can kind of find your um, crowd in essentially so I just want you to know that they exist and if you have questions about them we have some people who are part of some of these groups in our group as well so you can always ask questions about that the other thing I wanted to just talk about so that you guys aren't completely, you know, like what the heck, like I don't even know what, it, what how do you get into med school or like what the path is. Uh, I didn't know until I decided that I wanted to be a doctor probably until maybe my second or third year of college what, what it actually took to get to med school. And so um, there are things like first you got to graduate high school, right? You can get your four years or three years if you're going fast track, uh, undergrad, so going to college. Um, and then medical school. So there's two types of programs here in the United States, DO versus MD. And we can talk a little bit about that later in the question section, if you're curious about what the differences are. Um, I had one of uh, one of the alumni at West Chicago was gonna speak, but unfortunately he's um, he's he's now a medical resident. So he's a doctor in training and he's, he, had, he got held up in clinic. So he wasn't able to come in and talk, but I can kind of speak to my experience with that as well. And then medical residency. So that's kind of like the doctor in training, um, you know, like depending on what specialty you pick, whether that's surgery or family medicine or uh, anything in between, uh, it's medical residency is like three to seven years. And that's not school necessarily. It's more like uh, like, a, like, a, like an apprenticeship, like you're getting paid, but you're not getting paid at like the full, what the full amount of what a doctor usually makes for that specific specialty anyway. So with that, I think um, I'll start off by introducing myself a little bit again. So again, my name is Luis. Um, I went to West Chicago High School. I graduated in the year 2010. Wow, that was 11 years ago. Uh, I feel old again. All right, sorry. I'm 29 years old. Uh, so I didn't go straight into med school after undergraduate. Uh, I had some time in between about three years. So even if you don't go straight into medical school after undergrad, you still can go to medical school. There's no like requirement that you go from college to medical school right away. Like you can do something in between and, you know, work or do something else. But I also went to college at DuPage for some time before I went to my four-year school. So back when I was in your shoes, I believe there was two nicknames for COD. Um, and I'm not sure if these are still said but one of them was college of dreams the other one was that was the more like endearing term the nicer term the other one was college of dropouts but i'll i'll tell you now that like 
College of DuPage is a fantastic deal. And if you take advantage of it, like you can get a lot out of that experience. I think that when I went there, I was, I didn't, I was not the best student and I definitely didn't take it as seriously as I should have. But I think uh, looking back on it now, I realized how wonderful it was to have a community college like COD around. And then I went to Elmhurst uh, College or now Elmhurst University. Some hobbies of mine, I like playing music. I play guitar, ukulele, things like that. I watch a lot of anime still to this day. Um, that hasn't changed about me at all. And I like to run. So I used to run in high school and college as well. And so my specialty interest is ENT and head and neck um, surgery. So that's just a little bit about me. And then we're gonna kind of go through the panel so that you guys kind of get to know everybody else and ask like, if you're wanting to ask a specific question to someone, you know, kind of who to point to, all right? So Jasmine, if you wanna introduce yourself. Yep, okay, thanks. Yeah, so hi everyone, I'm Jasmine. Uh, so I'm also in my third year of medical school. And uh, so my hometown, I'm actually from the Quad Cities, which no one's ever heard about, but it's Moline, Illinois. It's up in the northern part of Illinois, up on the border of um, Illinois and Iowa. I went to Monmouth College. It's a small liberal arts school for college. I went there, honestly, because they gave me the best scholarship out of the colleges that I applied to. Um, so don't be afraid to consider, you know, finances. This is long a long uh, process that we get ourselves into and it's expensive. And so, you know, consider your options when you're applying to college. Um, and for hobbies of mine, I, right now I like a couple of different things. I'm uh, really been getting into working out. Uh, I work out pretty often these days. I also really enjoy reading and cooking. Um, and then I'm considering going into family medicine. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, my name is Edgar. I am from Palatine, Illinois, so I'm sure you all know where that is, about 30-ish minutes from West Chicago. Uh, I did my undergraduate at the University of Illinois Chicago with a degree of kinesiology. Um, and, uh, I am a pretty avid gym goer, so I'm in the gym at 5.30 every morning. It's how I like to start my day. Also, I uh, like to play my guitar. Um, and I wanted to go into orthopedic surgery is my end goal here. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, basically it's uh, knee replacements, hip replacements, shoulder replacements, you know, any kind of those uh, sport type injuries is what I want to get into. And actually I took two years off between uh, finishing my undergrad and medical school. So if you have any questions about, you know, going on a gap year, what to do, it's not the worst thing in the world. So feel free to let me know. Hey everybody, um, my name is Haley uh, and I am from originally from Champaign, Illinois, um, which is where the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign is at and so that's where I went for undergrad. Um, I also went to a school called uh, Parkland College for um, a year and a half and that's also in Champaign. Um, it's a community college and um, I really enjoyed that as well. Um, uh, but I got my final degree from the University of Illinois, um, also in Urbana-Champaign. Um, and a few of my hobbies include like songwriting, playing violin, um, other instruments like piano, and I've tried picking up guitar, but I can't get the calluses for it. So <laughs> somebody's gonna have to help me out with that, I'm sure. But um, I love music. Uh, I like running and rock climbing, hiking, pretty much anything outdoors. Um, 
And uh, for specialty interest, I'm currently considering between emergency medicine or some kind of surgery. Um, I am leaning towards emergency med, but um, surgery also kind of caught my interest, uh, enjoyed being in the OR a lot. So um, getting to do operations was really fun. So yeah, it's something I'm still considering and still working through, but um, yeah, overall that's um, kind of uh, me as well as uh, I did also take a year off between um, undergraduate and medical school. Um, so just want to throw that in there as well. It's a, it seems to be a pretty common theme of, of between a lot of us and um, it's becoming more and more accepted um, and even encouraged in some spheres as well. So um, if that's a question that anybody ends up having, yeah, that it is, can be a really, really incredibly helpful thing for your application as well. Hi, uh, my name is Marna. Um, I'm also a third year medical student. I'm from Mission Park, Illinois, which is a south suburb. It's like south of 80, so pretty far. Um, and I also went to UIUC just like Haley did. Um, and, and I also took time off before school. I worked for like six or seven years before school. So yeah, non-traditional students are definitely becoming more common. Um, so it is, you know, an option if that's something that you want to do. And one of my hobbies is I like to play music. I play the keyboard uh, pretty decently and I'm working on the mandolin um, pretty terribly. And I'm debating between emergency, uh, which is what I wanted to do before I started medical school. And I still really enjoy it. Um, and psychiatry, which kind of snuck up on me during third year. I really enjoyed that too. And um, so we have a lot, some electives coming up and I guess I'll figure it out in the next couple months. Awesome. All right. Well, after that, I think we're just going to open it up. If you guys have any specific questions, uh, feel free to ask. You, you can feel free to also like put it in the chat. I don't want to make you guys like, if you don't want to talk on the, on the Zoom call, you can always send it through. We'll read it. <laughs> um. Luis, I'll go ahead and get started. So I had a question. So um, I assume there's obviously some an application involved with applying to different medical schools. And is there a uh, test that you guys have to take? Um, and, and what does that process look like, you know, after your undergrad? And if you do a gap year or not, or several gap years, um, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, uh, so yeah, I can talk about that. So Okay, so you go off to college and in college you take, so a few things that have to happen for you to get in, like to be like ready to apply to medical school is you have prerequisite classes, things like biology, chemistry, physics, some math classes. And those are all required uh, in order for like these medical schools to even consider you. Uh, after that, there is this test similar to the ACT, but a little different, a bit different. Um, it's like our SAT. We do SAT now, or do we do the AC SAT? Sorry. It's no, it's SAT now. But yeah, yeah it's 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 gone back and forth. So okay. So um, we have a standardized test that we have to take, and it's called the Medical College Admissions Test, the MCAT. Um, and that test is the test that you have to take, and depending on how you do on that test, it can really help open you know some schools up. It's not the end all be all. There are people in like, even in this chat that like, you know, like have a range of scores of how they did on that test. 
Um, but it does kind of help open or like close maybe some doors with what specific medical schools you go to. So um, that's something that I'm actually pretty uh, passionate about in the sense that I think that that can sometimes be the, um, the bottleneck, meaning like, you know, students, some students may not do as well on that like test and that can cause some hiccups and making it a little harder to get into medical school. But I've met plenty of people who have taken it, that test a few times and have done really well um, the second or third time around and gotten in. So that's, that's generally the gist without getting too bogged down in the details. Um, that test involves things like from your prerequisite courses like biology, chemistry, physics, and everyone has to take it that wants to go to medical school in the US. So if you wanna go into medical school in the US, you have to take, and I think Canada actually, uh, you have to take this test in order to do that. Hey, Luis. Hey, uh, first of all, thank you for all of you um, that are showing up uh, today. This is really uh, special for everyone uh, to hear all your experiences uh, and all that. Hopefully you can hear me. Uh, I was wondering if you could maybe um, talk about um, what are some of the types of things that students could be doing within high school? Because I think we have some freshmen, sophomore, juniors, maybe even seniors uh, here today. Uh, what are the, like, like what, obviously you have your normal track of classes to take, but what are some other habits of mind or um, activities or groups that they can maybe do to kind of build up the type of intuitions that you need to be successful as they pursue their career in medicine? If someone else wants to take that, I don't want to talk the entire time. <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, some important things to do when you're in high school is try to take on some leadership roles and get involved in whatever organizations there are around school. I think you'll find there's usually lots of clubs and I don't know, things going on um, at school that you can uh, kind of inform yourself about and then get involved with. Find something that you enjoy, that you find passion out of. Um, and uh, I highly recommend getting involved in some kind of volunteer work. Uh, not only will this help you, like, uh, like help you along the way, like get into college and all of that, it helps you grow as a person as well when you get out there and think about somebody besides yourself. And uh, it's, I think it's like super formative in, in helping you out at this age. So those are kind of my pieces of advice if someone else wants to add on to that. Um, I think something I would add, I really wish when I was a year stage, like in high school, I was pretty shy and I wish that I had practiced more like putting myself out there in terms of approaching people who do things that maybe I wanna do with a career or people who I think could really give me some great advice. And it's something that I've gotten better at along the way and it'll really help you. Um, it'll help you in college. And then if you wanna to go to medical school, you'll need some of your professors or research you know, advisors or whoever to know you um, so they can write you letters of recommendation and just so you can ask them for advice because as they get to know your personality, they'll be able to help you figure out maybe where you might be a good fit and it'll continue to be an important school, um, skill like as you go uh, through medical school or whatever kind of professional school you might be going to and as you go into your career. Yeah, um, and to add on to what uh, has been said already, one of 
the bigger components of the medical school application, a lot of schools look at your, you know, volunteering, your shadowing hours, you know, things that you've done in the field. Um, and I would say just reach out to your, you know, family doctors or your emergency rooms and see if you can set up some volunteering opportunities with them. I know it's kind of hard right now with COVID um, and everything else going on, but it's going to be critical that you all spend some time in a hospital setting, not so more because of the application itself and what's going to look like to you, but because you get to develop people skills. You know, anyone can go in and say, yeah, you know, I volunteered at XYZ and this is what I did, but people skills are very, very hard to develop. And the more time you spend around, you know, you know, patients or doctors, you are going to become a more personable individual. And that's something that is very sought after here in school. So definitely, if you can make, you know, those connections early on, say you go off to school, come back for the summer, you hit up your family, down, hey, you know, I'm here for the summer, can I shadow you for a couple of weeks, you know, go back off to school, come back in, and that's going to show long term that you were committed to something that's going to look really, really good on those applications. Yeah, I was just gonna, I appreciate you bringing that up, Edgar, because I think we're very lucky because right next door to us in Winfield is Central DuPage Hospital, which is through Northwestern Medicine, and they have a phenomenal volunteering program. So as a, as a school counselor, oftentimes, you know, I'll get students, we go students that, you know, I have to fill out a form, um, but any of my students that have volunteered over there have had great experiences. So um, I think that's an awesome point that you bring up. Um, I also wanted to kind of, uh, Luis, piggyback on what you said about COD. Um, back in my day, it was Cod State or UCLA, University closest Lambert Avenue. But don't even listen to all that, WeGo students. Uh, I, tell, I tell my students all the time, we're super lucky um, because uh, College of DuPage is recognized for many years as one of the best community colleges in the country. So we're super lucky that it's in our backyard. Um, so I tell a lot of my students, you know, you'd be silly not to take advantage of it. Um, you know, especially if you, you don't want to go right to a four-year college. Um, but that was one thing I did want to ask the panel. Um, you know, we may have some WeGo students on this, um, that aren't thinking of going to medical school, but more of something within the medical field. Uh, COD has many certification programs, um, and stuff like that. So can you guys maybe kind of hit on that a little bit? Yeah, I think I can talk about that since I like, so, because uh, I'm a little more familiar with the community college aspect of it. Uh, if you decide that, you know, you don't want to be a doctor, there's other avenues to explore in the medical field, things like uh, nursing, there's physical therapy, um, there's psychology, like clinical psychology, there's a lot of things you can do. And if I remember correctly, like COD had a lot of uh, different tracks for those type of things, like radio radiology technician, other tracks that aren't necessarily going off to medical school. Uh, and that's stuff that you should explore if you're interested, if that's something that you're not, you know, medical school is a long time to be in school and it is not for everybody. But uh, I would encourage you to explore that and decide that for yourself and not let anyone else decide that for you. Um, I think one of the things that I had a really hard time with is believing that I could do medical school just because of, um, you know, like either my own preconceived notions of what I could do or like kind of like not seeing a lot of doctors that were Latino, um, you know, that affected me, I think. Un but you know, if that's not what you decide, if you decide, no, it's not because of that, I want to do, I don't want to do that because of X, Y, Z. Um, there are a lot of other opportunities to do um, other types of medical 
fields like paramedic, EMT, things like that. So uh, I, that would be my suggestion is to make sure that you don't leave uh, any stone unturned essentially when it comes to the medical field. I can add to that a little too. Um, those are all things that were offered as well by the community college that I, that I attended initially. Um, and it was actually one of the better things that um, I was able to take advantage of um, during my undergrad is through my community college, I got my CNA license. So that's a certified nurse assistant, um, which was an awesome way for me to, during my gap year, I ended up working as a CNA. Um, and it was a really great way to get my feet wet and get into the, um, the field of medicine. And it was a six month, I think was my training. It was either six or nine, I kind of forget. Um, but it's a very short period of time. Um, it's pretty intensive while you're doing it, but um, uh, once you kind of get out of that, then you are able to actually work within the hospital system. And so it's a great way to um, take a look at it and see if like medicine is truly for you. Um, for me, it was a stepping stone to get into medical school so that I like got a chance to see the medical field, realize that this is where I wanted to be and then apply. Um, but for a lot of people, it's also a stepping stone to get um, for um, nursing school. Um, at the time, it was required by a decent amount of nursing schools in my area. Um, so pretty much everybody in my cohort for the uh, CNA uh, class was intending to go to nursing school. Um, and so I also saw that as a really awesome opportunity to kind of step into nursing school. I suppose uh, <laughs> um, others could probably speak to that a little bit more with um, experience with students who go through nursing school. But um, so yeah, those are some of the things that were offered to me through the community college. Um, and I'm really thankful that I went to it. Um, I actually got a lot of flack in high school from people telling me that I should not go into, go to a community college knowing that I wanted to go to medical school someday. Um, and I can definitely say that that was really unfounded in advice um, that going to a community college actually gave me better relationships with my professors. So I was able to build that one-on-one -on -one relationship a whole lot better than at U of I where the class sizes were massive, like hundreds of kids. So you don't really gain a relationship. Um, so if that's something that any of you guys are considering, I just kind of want to throw that out there that sometimes there's a little bit of an elitism in medicine and um, that's not always the case uh, that community colleges are less than uh, four-year colleges. And in fact, it was the opposite experience for me. So I uh, kind of wanted to add that as well. And it's cheaper. So, you know, if money is a thing, so <laughs> money is definitely a thing. So definitely something to consider as well. I came out I was with, gonna... sorry, real quick, came out with zero debt in community college. And then that number quickly rose after I went to my four-year school. So just FYI. Um, yeah, I was going to add on to what Haley said. I didn't go to a community college, but um, after I was done working and I knew that I wanted to go to medical school, I did something called a post-bac program, which is basically like you already have your college degree, but now you want to go to medical school. And like in my case, there were two things I needed. My undergrad grades were fine, but not great. And they really want you to have especially really good science grades. Um, and then the other thing was it had been a long time since I had taken science classes. I needed to show that I could still do the work. So like have recent good grades. And the reason I'm adding this on to what Haley said is I did that work at um, Dominican out in Oak Park, uh, which is another really small school. It's not inexpensive. So I would definitely recommend community college over it. But I think having the opportunity to like make relationships with my professors got me some really good letters of recommendations because they really 
they really knew me because my classes were maybe 15 people, um, as opposed to when I was at U of I and my science classes might be a lecture hall full of 150 other students. Oh, and the other thing I was gonna add is, um, I think you can also do a bachelor's degree for nursing at some schools, but um, that kind of assumes that you know that that's what you wanna do right out of high school. And then I was just gonna mention too really quick, uh, Luis, you may remember this, and this is for the panel as well, and also our WeGo students. Um, we offer something called Technology Center of DuPage, uh, TCD, so that's an experience in high school, junior and or senior year. And what's nice about that is it replaces your elective. So um, if any of our WeGo students are interested, they have a CNA program there, they have uh, medical terminology, they have healthcare careers. Um, so as you guys were mentioning, something like that sounds like it would be a great thing to do in high school with your future plans. It's only gonna give you more experiences and make more connections. Um, so we go students, if you're at all interested, um, definitely talk to your counselor, um, you know, when you choose your classes for your junior and or senior year, um, and we'll see if we can get you um, scheduled for TCD for one or both of those years. I was wondering if I could pose this uh, question to the panel. I mean, we're looking at um, thousands and thousands of hours of dedicated study to science and medicine and all of that. And I bet it would be really useful for uh, the people that would be um, uh, that are that are here uh, today. And then when we watch this later on, uh, if we if you could maybe share what are like your best, what would you advise are the best kind of study habits? at the high school level that you learned now that you wish you could tell yourself how to do that uh, in high school? If you have any like kind of cool tricks or habits of mind that have been very, that you now know how to, how to, to implement in your own studying and how that's, uh, and how you wish you maybe knew that uh, later on earlier. I guess I, I can take this one. Um, so not as much that I'm gonna speak on, on high school since unfortunately my high school wasn't super, super challenging for me, but more so when I got to college, you know, I had the mentality of, I need to get to medical school. That means I have to study all the time from the time the sun goes up to the sun goes down. It's always go, 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 never taking time for yourself. That is not a sustainable lifestyle. And that is one of my biggest regrets in undergrad is not taking enough time for me and doing the things that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, even people think now, oh, yeah, you're in medical school. You must be studying all the time. It's actually, that's further from the truth because we work a lot, but we also take a lot of time off. You know, we take some weekends off. We relax. We go hang out with friends. Um, and I would say not having that go, go, go mentality, uh, is probably the best thing I could say to myself, you know, in the past, since it's all about balance, as long as you can find that balance where you're getting you know your work done but you're also taking time for yourself and doing things that you enjoy because um mental health is very very important and it's a very very prominent issue with medical students today and it's only going to get worse unless you know we start doing something about it which is why i think it's important to find a good balance both work and play 
I can talk about my experience because I don't know, <laughs> Mr. Turnbach probably remembers. I was not the best student. I wasn't the worst student, but I was definitely not the best student. Um, definitely, uh, I think I graduated with under a 3.0 for sure. But anyway, um, things that I would say to, to my old self is kind of just, um, I think it's very important that you guys know why you're studying and putting the time in for school. So you know, you're here, you're interested, you're interested in medicine or whatever, you know, whatever track you decide to go on. Uh, I think that I found the motivation to kind of do all of the things that I needed to do to study by finding what my passion was. So my recommendation to like the freshmen and the sophomores is to like take advantage of any opportunity you have to do anything outside of school and try to find that. Um, and once you find that, like, I promise you the motivation comes like it, it really does. I think that I was kind of a lost, not really sure where my life was going back in high school. And I know that that tends to be the case for a lot of kids. Um, but I think that once I found that motivation, once I knew what I was, why I was doing something, I helped a lot. That's like overarching, I guess, advice. But uh, it is, as far as like specific tips, um, this is the time to figure out how you learn best. So if you're a video person, there's things like Khan Academy that I didn't know about until I was in college. Uh, I'm not sure if that's ever been mentioned, but if you decide to do things like AP courses or even just regular uh, like science courses, Khan Academy is a free resource. I feel, I, or at least it was free. I'm pretty sure it still is. Um, and if you're someone who likes to be visual, do visual stuff. If you like to read, find books that you enjoy reading about the subject that you're reading about. Um, I think the trick with doing school is really just figuring out what you can tolerate in terms of like getting that work done. Um, I know in high school, I remember tons of assignments that I just didn't want to do. And like that happens in college too. And it honestly, it happens in work. Like if you just, like, if you decide not to go to college or not, you know, and do some other job or go to college and then do some other job, like there's going to be stuff that you're not going to want to do. So it's really just like, you know, for some of those things, it's going to be a little bit tough, but that's kind of like my two big pieces of advice. And if anyone else wants to chime in. Yeah, I'll go ahead and add. So when I was in high school, I was pretty motivated. I was very excited about learning. I was like a huge nerd, but my biggest issue when I was in high school was uh, like just time, time constraints. And I just like, I swear, like I have zero understanding of time. And so there'd be deadlines and I really like, I don't know, I just like the concept of planning ahead and doing work ahead of time just like was not a thing for me when I was in high school. Um, and I, it's like, a, it's a constant struggle. It's, it's not like one day you figure it out and it's never a problem again. But uh, once I learned how to pace myself and how to plan ahead and how to not cram, I think things got a lot better for me. So I think at high school age, I think that's like a fantastic thing to learn is how to pace yourself and how to plan ahead and not leave everything for last minute. Um, because you might be able to get away with that now, uh, but when you get older, the the um, the stakes get higher and the workload gets bigger and it's not always sustainable as you get older. So learn how to do that now so you're not dealing with it later. Yeah, I'll add on too really quickly. Um, I, I think that one thing that I've learned is how to like be okay with changing your learning style um, because we're humans and we change as um, as we get older we change in the way that we learn um, and 
I think that I was pretty convinced for a really long time that I was a lecture person, um, which so I, I thought that just by like sitting and absorbing information that that was my best way of learning, mostly because that's what I was used to um, from high school and a few of my undergrad classes. Um, and then as things got more difficult um, in later undergrad and then in med school, I realized that that was not how I am at all. And um, I think that I thought that it was good for me because it was really easy. Um, like a passive learning style was really easy for me to just like, oh, like I heard it once, I can recall it later kind of thing. Um, but then when things got more challenging, that wasn't really how my brain worked. Um, and then I started realizing that I needed to do more active things um, to learn. Uh, and this is very, like, pretty much I only, I'm like one of the only people I know that does this, but I sketch things out. Um, so when I would learn a lecture about like the anatomy of um, a particular part of the body, so like maybe the heart, um, I had to draw out the heart and draw out the track so that I could like kind of get a conceptual image inside my head of like, what is going on here when the blood is going from one side of the heart to the other. Um, and having that like visual, like um, understanding through like drawing it out and sketching it out, I was able to understand it a whole lot better um, than I could have if I was just passively learning. Um, and so I think we all kind of do better when we have active ways of learning, whether that's trying to uh, like write it out or maybe teaching somebody else or something like that, finding ways to be active about the way that you're learning, um, whether talking, um, writing things out, meeting in groups, things like that. That was something that was really helpful for me. And um, I was kind of hesitant of it because I was like, oh, I know my learning style. I don't need to change. Um, but when things started getting more challenging for me, uh, having that flexibility to change the learning style and um, kind of learn what worked for me was actually something that was really helpful. All right, I'll be the last person to add on. Um, kind of deals with what Jasmine was saying in terms of planning. I was a big crammer in high school. In med school, basically every exam is a cumulative exam from the stuff that you learned first year through now. So whatever I didn't learn first year, now I have to learn it. Uh, so just study for retention. Don't, don't leave it to the end. I, I had a quick question. So I know, uh, Luis, you mentioned like during your undergrad, you have to take like certain science classes. Um, and I think many students think, hey, I'm going to go on to med school. I should definitely get my undergrad in biology. Is that always the case or see good? I'm glad Edgar is shaking. Um, I guess I can talk on this one since I had that mentality going on to my from my senior year going into my freshman year of college I thought oh you know everyone that goes to medical school and their mother will go into the biology major that cannot be further from the truth you know I've had friends that have majored in you know physics I myself did a major in kinesiology um, because I was such an avid you know active person that just was what I wanted to do is what I liked um, I've heard people major in you know music psychology, literally anything under the sun you can major into as long as you have your prerequisites done. That's true. And arguably, you could say it even makes you a stronger applicant because it shows that you have hobbies and interests and things that drive you outside of 
um, just strictly biology medicine. Um, it looks really different when you see somebody who has a music major, like, oh, that's cool. Like, tell me more about that. And you have something to talk through in your interviews and to med school and stuff like that. And uh, obviously that's a quite a few years down the road. So it, you know, it doesn't necessarily, um, yeah, it really just doesn't matter that much what you major in, just so long as you find something that you're interested in and kind of dig into it. And you still need to get your prerequisites in. Um, so that's definitely something to talk through with your counselor. Um, but if it's something that you're passionate about and just are interested in, whether it's music or kinesiology, I majored in chemistry because um, chemistry and physics were really intriguing to me in high school. And so I felt like that was a nice, like kind of easy way to get into it. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually didn't really enjoy my biology classes that much in undergrad. So I'm really thankful I took chemistry because I loved my upper level chemistry classes. Um, so yeah, finding something that you enjoy, I think can be really important for your own mental health and also for your application later. Yeah, I think I echo with what everyone else has said so far. Um, I double majored in physics and chemistry. So I, I'm, but I was a science nerd kind of to begin with. So let me, also say that if you happen to like the science bit, it's okay to also do that. Um, you know, like just because you happen to like biology and that's what you want to do anyway, uh, doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to just be one of a thousand biology majors. It's like, they're still going to look at you, you know, as an individual to some extent, but having something else on there like music or English or psychology is also not bad. The other thing I'll say, if like you decide medical school is not for you, uh, I changed my major like three times. Uh, so I went like from mathematics education to psychology and then finally hit chemistry. After a year of chemistry, I'm like, I like physics. So I added the physics. So it's just, you know, like it doesn't always like the, your direction in a college in high school or whatever is never just like a straight line. It's usually more kind of like this. And eventually you'll get there, whatever that happens to be for you. So if you, you know, also decide like, I don't want to do medicine right now, you go into accounting or whatever, there are avenues for later if you decide accounting's not for me. I decided that I still want to be, I want to be a doctor or whatever. Like there's ways for you to go back into that world if that's what you decide. So don't feel so, don't also don't feel pressured to like, you know, decide medicine is now. Like if you want to go to medical school you want to do it like from high school onward. I have a friend from WeGo who graduated from WeGo that that has been her dream forever. Uh, and now she's going to be an emergency medicine resident in uh, California, which is awesome. But I didn't know that. Uh, I was always mildly interested, but didn't 100% commit until sometime in college. And for some people, it's even after that. Um, so just wanted to put that out there too, so that people like you don't, you're not felt like you're like, oh, I have to do science or oh, I have to, you know, do these things. Like, there's always opportunity for later on. It's also not the worst thing to go into college undecided as a major. It gives you time to explore what you want, so that way you're not locked into something that might give you trouble changing later. So remember, everyone that's uh, joining us, uh, students today, uh, you can pop in anytime and uh, take yourself off mic and ask a question. It doesn't have to be just uh, Mr. Engel and I uh, posing his questions or just leave it in the chat uh, and we'll, they'll get to it as well. Um, I'll, I'll ask another, I, I got, I have uh, two, two more questions uh, and they're big ones, I guess. Um, 
I was wondering, you know, just approaching um, a, a study of medicine, it can be very daunting. And I was wondering, how do you, how were you, how are you guys able to kind of find the, the, the confidence to kind of like, that I'm not going to play the game of the imposter uh, syndrome and all of those things that come with approaching something that's a very daunting um, uh, career choice and all the kind of self-doubt that sometimes might creep up. I was wondering how you were able to kind of use various different kind of tools or um, types of things to kind of, kind of push those aside and kind of really get the traction of confidence to do what you do. Um, I'll start off. I'm not exactly sure that the imposter syndrome is gone. Um, I even talk like to residents who have it. I think it's just you decide that you're going to do it anyway. And as you move through it, you'll meet other people and you'll realize, oh, they're confused about the same things or they're having the same insecurities. And you just have to, I think, accept that you have those insecurities and decide that you're going to pursue what you want to pursue, regardless of the insecurities. And hopefully one day, you know, you'll come out of it, but I can't guarantee, guarantee those are going to go away. I would say, uh, so I dealt with this a lot specifically. I think that having good mentors, teacher, whether that's teachers or um, a coach, uh, someone in your life that roots for you and kind of supports you is super important. I can name a few people that I can think of from middle school onward that have given me a little, just that little push, just that at least you're smart enough for this, like stop thinking that you don't have the ability to do these things. And I'm sure for a lot of you, there's someone at your high school that is that person and you need to take them and like, you know, ask questions, um, be vulnerable because they're the people that will really help you kind of move forward. As I went off into college, that same kind of thing happened. Um, and I just want to tell you guys, like coming from West Chicago High School, I had a lot of insecurities, uh, specifically regarding my intellect and my ability to get things done. And I'm not sure, I don't want to put that on anyone in here, like if you don't feel this way. But um, for me, I think that it just took a lot of, um, you know, understanding that I was worth something. And um, as someone who is, you know, Mexican American, First, uh, my parents immigrated to this country when I was, when, you know, I, before I was born, um, only Spanish speaking, really having kind of that background in mind made me really uh, struggle, but just finding those people that help you kind of move forward and believe in you, I think is probably the biggest advice that I can give to you at this point when you're in high school, because that'll give you the little confidence boost that you need to kind of get moving and kind of go to the direction, even if it isn't medicine, if it's something else, that's great. But you just need those people to support you. Cause if, it, you know, like it, I know that for a lot of my like friends that I met in high school for the ones that had similar ideas to mine, it just, it was really difficult. So that's my advice for you guys. Yeah, I also wanna add uh, sometimes when you're, um, in high school, sometimes you have like these big dreams, big ideas, and you tell your friends about it and maybe they don't like, for whatever reason, your friends just don't believe in you or like maybe you don't always have great people around you to believe in you. Um, I know more than once I was told that I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do um, starting in high school. 
And I just want to tell you guys that if anyone ever tells you that you can't, I, they probably haven't done it themselves. All of the people that that were kind of naysayers that kind of told me I wasn't going to make it, none of them were doctors or had ever gone to medical school. It's kind of ridiculous that they thought they could tell me what I could and couldn't do. So don't forget to believe in yourself as well. And I, it's understandable. If you want to have big goals, they might scare you. That's normal. Um, just don't let it get in the way. We do scary things all the time. And if you've ever been able to learn something once, you can learn something new and just kind of build off of your, your previous um, experiences. And um, any little wins that you have, count those as big wins and keep building off the momentum that you build from any um, progress that you make uh, just kind of as you go along. I would add to that, uh, especially when, you know, you all get to medical school is learning to be able to rely on others, just like letting others be able to rely on you. Um, you know, having a good structural support system, you know, within just your cohort, your classmates, you know, it's very, very key because you're all going to be able to back yourselves up and you're going to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. You know, someone can come say, you know, to me and say, hey, you know, I feel like I know nothing and we've been doing this thing or whatever for, you know, five weeks and I've learned zero information and, you know, kind of talk things out and, you know, give them the confidence that they need because you know good and well that at some point you're going to be in their shoes and hope that they do the same thing for you. That was uh, thank you so much for sharing the uh, that kind of like really vulnerability and how you guys were able that was that was great. Um, I, I, I was thinking like just it would be kind of a, a cool thing to share um, that everyone has gone through at this point. I was wondering if you could share like what has been your like Eureka. I'm supposed to be a doctor moment so far in your medical training where you you knew like, wow, I I saw the problem. I thought it through and then I fixed it. I was wondering if you can kind of share like, when did you like then know like, oh, like I did this and, and I'm, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna be a healer. Like when, I was wondering if you could maybe share uh, as, as, as close to as specific with not violating HIPAA, of course, uh, what you could uh, share with like, what was that moment like? So we can leave that image and all like that, that moment, like I did it and this is, um, what, what was that moment like for you? And what was that moment? Um, I guess I'll open it up. So I don't have a lot to speak on it considering I'm only a first year. Um, but I guess so far what I've kind of has caught me by surprise. Um, you know, when I got to school, I started watching The Good Doctor. Uh, pretty good show if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. But I noticed that throughout the show, uh, they're pretty heavy on medical jargon. And I was able to understand a good amount of what they were saying and kind of anticipate what they were going to be doing to treat the patient. So that was kind of like my, my big, oh, I can do this. I know what's actually going on for once. And even now, like I'm just watching TV, there's a, a drug commercial that pops up like, oh, I know what that does and this is why it works the way it does. So that's, you know, actually seeing things that I'm learning play out in real life, that's pretty cool for me. But still have a long way to go in my medical education. So I'll let the uh, other panelists speak on that. I can go next. I, so um, a little more background on me. Uh, 
I actually took so I got accepted into medical school for the year of 2017. So technically I should be graduating now, but I actually took a year off after getting accepted because I wasn't, didn't have that Eureka moment before that. Um, kind of, I like knew I wanted to go into medical school, but at the same time I had like still some lingering doubts. So interestingly, I took a year off and in that time I was a scribe at a, at a community clinic in Chicago. And the scribe is just basically that person that follows a doctor around, types on the computer and writes everything that, you know, the patient says. And in that time, I just, I was working with like, you know, I was working in um, Brighton Park, which is near Midway in Chicago. And it's like, everyone speaks Spanish, man. It was great. Uh, so everyone reminded me of my uncle, my aunt, grandpa, grandpa, mom, dad you name it, uh, every patient that I interacted with, uh, I just felt like I was doing a big um, service and they were all just so thankful and kind. And uh, I think that's when I knew for sure. And I went that in that time that I was waiting to go back to medical school, I knew I made the right decision because I knew I wanted to serve communities like West Chicago, um, you know, where you, you can you go down the street and there's you know the paletero like you know like there's I just really enjoyed that so that was my eureka moment is kind of like when I finally got the experience of getting to see patients that reminded me of my family and getting to help them and that was kind of like that I think this is the right choice so I would say basically two things um, I mentioned before that I worked for a while um, and so just on a more general note, this past year, so third year, you start doing all the clinical stuff, like you get up every day and you go work with like residents and doctors and patients and, you know, as, as though you're really someone who's like getting paid to do it. Um, and I found that with the exception of maybe one thing that I didn't like, I was actually pretty okay with the fact that I had to be there at like 6 30 or 7 in the morning and I was like that's okay because I'm excited for what I'm about to do and I can promise that in the six or seven years that I worked before that I was not once ever excited to go to work um I was excited to go so I could leave um so I think that that was a big difference and then in the last year or so sometimes my family members will talk to me about whatever's going on with their doctor and then I'll be able to say like oh, here's what they, why they did that. And here's what they're going to do next. And then after their next appointment, you know, they'll text me like, oh, you're right. They did exactly that. And it makes me feel like I understand what's going on. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I feel like for me, I, the moments where I feel like I'm in the right spot and I belong is when I get to interact with patients. So for me, my first rotation was an emergency medicine rotation. And um, you see kind of all sorts of things and people in all sorts of states of vulnerability. Um, and you really get to be an advocate for the patient. Um, and just, you kind of see the difference it makes when someone's there that, that cares and that listens about, to the patients. And when maybe someone's just kind of rushing through it, going through the motions. And um, I was just like elated every day showing up for um, emergency medicine during that time. And um, also during my family med rotation, I got to talk to patients and just kind of like form these personal connect connections and also help them with their problems. And it just kind of felt like all around, like get, this feels right. Like I get to, 
I really get to help people with what they're what they're what's going on and provide like quality care at the same time. So that just kind of like I think for me that was the, the moment where I was like I'm I'm definitely in the right spot. Yeah, I'll just add on really quick too. Um, I, I feel like I, I don't have any major one story reasons why. Um, and that was always something that was really difficult for me, especially even in my application to med school, because they're like, tell us about yourself, meaning tell us why you want to be a doctor. And <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like everything in my life kind of pointed me in this way, or at least many little things pointed me in this way. Um, and I think that my experience before med school, working in um, the hospital, I worked on a cardiopulmonary medical surgical floor, which basically meant we got everybody. Um, it was like the overflow unit. Um, and um, so we saw like incredibly intense, like cardiac patients who were uh, like very, very high acuity. And we also got like very um, or at least like really, really intense patients. And then we also got some uh, less intense patients. Um, but as a um, nurse assistant, I was basically like the primary care provider. Um, the nurse, or I guess the nurses were kind of providing a lot of care, but I was the one who was spending hours in the patient's room, getting them ready for the day, dressing them, getting them bathed, all of that. Um, and I got to see patients and I had the privilege of being in the room with patients when they were going through some of the most vulnerable times of their lives. Um, whether that was getting a new diagnosis that was had a poor prognosis, or maybe they just had a life-saving procedure. And so now they're really excited. Um, they, like most of my patients were older. Um, and so I was right there in the room after they had just had a conversation about like end of life decisions and how they wanted to go about um, the end of the life, whether they wanted to um, have resuscitation, which is like CPR, or um, if they wanted to have a breathing tube, all of these questions had just been addressed. And I'm in there and I'm like, <laughs> you want to get a bath today? Like, <laughs> uh, so I got a chance to um, be there and listen to them in those like really um, kind of emotionally heavy moments. And sometimes it, it meant that they kind of lashed out on me um, because they were in that emotional state, but being able to be there with them and having that chance to process with them, um, I think really formed me. And I think um, really formed my desire to want to go into medicine. I was just that much more eager to get into this field because I, I saw how impactful it could be and how big of a difference you can make in someone's life. And um, I just didn't see that in any other field. Uh, I know that there are so many other fields out there that you can use to help people um, and so many other skill sets that people have. So um, I think that there's many, many ways that that can work itself out. But for me, it definitely was in, I want to be there for patients in their most vulnerable state and be able to make decisions um, that will um, help them on that road to figuring out um, how to treat a patient for something medical or even just emotionally how to be there for them um, in that emotional time. Man, y'all are quiet. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna, yeah, and you guys might've mentioned this because I'm buffering in and out as this goes on. Um, any questions from our WeGo students through the chat or through this? I guess Mr. Turnbow and I are just covering it all. 
we try, right? We would have been not one to talk. Uh, and, that, and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I have one uh, by uh, Sarai. Is that, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. That's how my cousin's pronounced. Awesome. All right. Uh, so do you have to do four years of college to be a doctor? Does it depend on what you want to work on? Um, so to be a doctor, like an MDDO, you have to do a uh, undergraduate degree for most places. It's not all in the US. I think there are some programs where you do like a six year. So that would be like two years of college sort of and then four years of medical school, I believe. But there's a few, only a few of them. Uh, so yeah, you have to go to college to be a doctor, but um, yeah, you have to go to college to be a doctor. I think that the only other thing that is like similar to being a doctor that is close close is like a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner, but those still require more school and they both require college. So uh, just depending on what you want to do. But if you say you want to do just nursing or something like that, um, or like MA or uh, like there are some respiratory therapists, things like that, those require like a two-year degree, I think for some of them. I think radiology technician is a two-year degree too. Um, that's the x-ray tech, the person who goes in and like actually puts the patient down and stuff like that. There are other things you can do that if you decide that you don't want to do the long, uh, like, you know, like four years of undergrad and then college. And then the other thing that I know of that my mom wanted me to do when she found out I wanted to do medical school is she's like, mijo, go to uh, Mexico to do, you know, like go straight into medical school because that is a route that some people may take. I, if you want to practice in the US, I would suggest against it only because it's harder to come back after that. Um, it's doable, but it's hard. So, but if that's something that you would be interested in and like skipping college here in the US altogether and going to Mexico and doing that, if that's an option for you, um, that's something that I know some people that I uh, know of did. Um, but like I said, if you want to stay here and you want to be here, I would suggest against it. Hope that answers your question. Y'all can ask us literally anything under the sun about school, not school, where we come from, what we do, what we like to eat, anything. Just feel free. Pop in a question. Okay, I have a question. Um, I know you mentioned um, that your major doesn't exactly have to be anything related to like the medical field. Um, have any of you considered becoming like double doctors? I know that's like a long road because you, you get like a PhD and like the MD, but have any of you like possibly considered it or like what would a double doctor like be beneficial like in your career? Jasmine, I think this is a question made for you. <laughs> uh, yes, like MD, PhD. So I considered that heavily before um, going into medical school. I, I was like, had like a crisis, like the year or whenever I was applying, I think it was when I was applying, because you, when you apply, you apply either, you're when you're applying to medical school, you either apply for just like 
you apply to be an MD at an MD school, or you can apply to DO. But when you're applying, some schools offer MD PhD program, and then that's when you would do that. Um, and you know, some MD PhD programs, I believe, if I remember correctly, like they pay you at that point. Um, so like that was kind of that was kind of cool. I was like, wait, I love like research because that's kind of what you do with the PhD is you you often will end up going into, you don't have to, but you can do, you end up doing a lot of research with it. Um, and yeah, so I was like, I love research and I wanna be a doctor and I can do that and they can pay me to do that. Like, that's amazing. Um, the issue is that it takes much, it takes longer. It's a lot more years. Um, and um, it takes more years. And if you like calculate it out, it, you end up coming out even, they pay you, but the years that you lose in your salary that you would have had from going into being your MDs, it doesn't all work out. So anyway, but um, the the thing for me ended up being like, um, I realized that I could do still do the things I love with just the MD. I didn't need the MD PhD degree. Um, so I just had, went ended up going down the MD route. But if you if you're very passionate about research if you if the academic side of things means a lot more to you then I think it's a perfectly valid thing to choose to go down the MD PhD route but you are signing up for a lot more years of uh, work before you have your degree is kind of what it adds up to um, also I know with like MD PhDs what they they'll often kind of split up the years that you do each one so like you'll do like two years clinical or I think some schools start off with the, the, the PhD stuff so you're kind of doing more research stuff first and then after a year or two of that you go into the um, like learning like anatomy and all of that stuff after that so you kind of want to look into the school if you want to do an MD PhD look at the school's programs and see what they offer also MD PhD spots there's less of them uh, so you know, it could be more competitive in that sense. Um, all things to consider. If you have any more questions, let me know. I think that was that was perfect. Uh, so I have another question. Uh, Jocelyn is asking, what route would you need to, uh, to take for a career in psychology? Um, I have a little bit of experience with this because psychology was something I was considering. Um, and then I'll talk a little bit about the field in medicine that's kind of like adjacent or parallel to it. So like, right, kind of similar to it, but just a little different psychiatry. But uh, when I was considering psychology, as far as I know, yeah, like in undergrad, you can major in psychology. Some schools have like even like different subfields of psychology you could major in. Um, but if you just go to a school that has a, just a regular like psychology degree, what ends up happening is you can go two routes, either a master's or a PhD program. And there's like clinical psychology, which is more seeing people and actually like, you know, doing treatments like counseling, things like that. Um, and then there's more research heavy psychology for your PhD or master's. And so like, depending on what you want, uh, it just, you know, like you have to pick at one point. If you just do an undergraduate degree in psychology, your doors for like what a career looks like for you are, are open but closed at the same time. Like they're more open in the sense that you can go into a lot of different things from us like under like bachelors, but you won't necessarily be doing psychology. 
for the most part. Like, then that's my understanding from the people that I know who went into it. Um, and then kind of going back, if you're interested in psychology and still interested in medical school as a potential choice, there's psychiatry, which is you need to go to medical school for, and that's four years of med school. Um, and then the residency, and you be specialized in psychiatry. And the difference is really is, you know, psychiatrists can prescribe the medications. There are some psychologists can prescribe like a few. I think, I don't know what the rule is in Illinois. If anyone correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, I don't think they have prescribing rights here in the U in the Illinois, but some states will let you. Um, but if you want to be the one giving medications and also like, you know, doing things like uh, psychotherapy and things like that, um, psychiatry would be a good choice, but those are kind of, that's kind of what I know. And if anyone knows more, like, corrects me, you can correct me also, but you like, this would be something, this is what I know off the top of my head. Any other questions or how is COVID going for you guys? I know it's not snappy, the best with high school stuff but so we uh yeah we just went back uh in person um uh after spring break so primarily for fourth quarter so 9 40 to 3 so we're getting somewhat back to normalcy with the hopes of the start of next school year you know being totally back to normal we can only hope so <laughs> um i didn't know if there were any last minute questions I just wanted to definitely, I want to be conscious of everyone's time, um, you know, but I just wanted to thank um, the panel and Luis, uh, we all did for taking the time out to talk to myself, Mr. Turnbow, the rest of our WeGo students. Um, I personally want to thank Luis and Mr. Turnbow, because I know you guys previously did a podcast. Um, so you guys kind of got this idea going, which I think is great. Um, Mr. Turnbow, I don't know if all our students are familiar with your podcast. Is there a way that they can access them? Um, I don't want to steal your thunder. So if you want to maybe give them a brief um, kind of summary of your podcast and how you highlight a, a bunch of WeGo grads. Yeah. So, um, Luis, you were probably the third interview that I had, you know, in, in this. So like it was early on, I wanted to highlight uh, former Wildcats at our school that have gone off to go really uh, just cool careers and all of that. And as I was uh, piping uh, the, this today in class, I was uh, reminding um, the students of a really kind of fun uh, anecdote that um, uh, Luis was telling me about some of your, uh, your work in the lab. I think it was in out in Boston where you were my version of it is that you were working on something that was like the invisibility cloak uh, that was all that kind of theoretical physics stuff that you were working on. So I, that may or may not have been true, but that's what came out of my mouth. But yeah, but so the, um, the, the, um, uh, the podcast is just, a, it's, it's, we go places. Uh, but if you go to D94, 
dot uh, org slash we go places like we go places um it'll take you right to the um uh, right to the the website uh that has all the the uh the various episodes luis um jessica uh, munoz uh, is the student that luis was discussing earlier that has gone off to uh, she just started her residency at loma linda out in uh, california and uh, some several other uh, students that are gone off to the to the medical career uh, as well. I've had the opportunity to uh, to interview, which is super great. And uh, I dig into the similar questions that I did with Luis, and uh, and you guys really uh, just really uncovered so many great uh, ideas here today about like the full spectrum of what you need to do academically and really emotionally to kind of uh, gear up for a really important uh, career that is going to touch so many lives. So uh, again, thank you so much for everyone uh, joining today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk to everybody. Um, I hope you guys, uh, you know, have whatever you decide to do. I hope it goes well. And if I left my email in the chat, if you uh, have any questions for me specifically, um, you know, enjoy the new, you get a new library or a new calf. I can't remember. You got a new addition to the high school at some point recently. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, and yeah, I want to thank all of my other classmates also, um, for their time. And I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much again, everyone. Um, and this is re being recorded. So I know Mr. Turnbow and I will push it out, um, you know, through school means to make sure if any students or staff wanted to see this, that it'll be available to them. All right, sounds good. Then we'll uh, head out. Thank you so much. All right, thanks yeah, so thank much, guys. guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. You can follow WeGo Places on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Just search WeGo Vox, that's WeGo, V-O-X, or search on Facebook for We Go Places Podcast.